Welcome to the Root and Remedy podcast, where we discuss all things women's health, hormones, fertility, and body confidence. I'm your host, Vanessa, a woman's health and fertility nutritionist and the co-founder of Root and Remedy Wellness. You can find our courses, free community group, and all other resources at rootandremedywellness.com. Have you ever gone through a breakup? Are you currently going through a breakup? Or are there signs that maybe you want to break up with your partner in the near future? Or maybe they want to break up with you? This episode is all about breakups, understanding and working through breakups, making sure that you are healing and you are processing your emotion and you're moving forward in a healthy way, while also just honoring the shittiness of a breakup. And we always say, everybody knows this, it's better to have loved and loved and have lost than never loved at all, but when you're going through a breakup, that sounds literally like the biggest load of bullshit ever, and if you're like me, you're like, oh, I'm never doing this again, why would I ever put myself through this again, this is so painful, especially in the moment while you're going through a breakup, and then over time, you can usually see it for what it is, hopefully you can start to see that it was actually for the better, and it was a blessing in disguise. But I'm sitting down with one of my very, very good friends. I love her so much, Brooke Ryan. And the reason I wanted to bring her on for the breakup episode is because she went through a very, very, very difficult breakup in 2020. And I admired so much the way that she handled this breakup. Watching her move through that, rebuild her self-confidence, put herself out there again, feel what she needed to feel watching this process, I was like, wow, you really handled this so well. And breakups are so hard and they're so confusing and you feel so lost and you don't know what's going on. I talk about in the episode a little bit how I've been going through a breakup this year as well. And there's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of emotions, a lot of uncertainty, and it just is really, really hard. So talking to Brooke today, I loved being able to probe and ask questions about what happened throughout her breakup? What did she feel like she did really well? What did she feel like she did not do well? And what advice does she have for someone who is either freshly going through a breakup or maybe you've been going through one and you don't feel like you're healing quite yet? But hopefully this episode will help you see that everything that you're feeling is completely valid. There is no right or wrong way to move through a breakup, but sometimes we just want to sit and be sad and wallow and we make it really hard for ourselves to move forward. Like we talk a lot about in the episode how you'll see everything with rose-colored glasses and you fixate so much on everything that you've been losing or everything you have lost and maybe you don't take time to think about this new life that you're gaining. You're more so just obsessed with grieving the old one and though that's very important, we just want to offer a little bit of perspective. So, both of us having moved through these breakups, mine is a little bit more or a lot more recent than hers, but she can really speak in hindsight, which is amazing and being able to look back on her process. And she just gives such valuable insight into this entire journey of going through a breakup, going from feeling like your absolute soulmates to breaking up, feeling completely distraught and lost and frustrated and mad and devastated to rebuilding your life again, putting yourself out there, falling in love with somebody new, all of these things are the natural process of going through and moving through and beyond a breakup. And it was just such a beautiful episode that I got the good fortune of recording with her. So this is very much so like a chit chat time. Brooke is getting really personal about her own experience and her own breakup. I share a little bit about mine as well. And I just hope that you can feel seen and heard and loved and supported throughout a breakup because trust me, we totally understand it 
fucking sucks. Like breakups are the shittiest thing ever. And we are right there with you. We totally understand how you're feeling. And we hope that this episode will at least give you a little bit of support and help you move forward so that you know that these feelings won't last forever. All of this is temporary. And there are some very tangible things that you can do to help yourself move through this, feel what you need to feel, process everything in a really healthy way. So let's get into my conversation with my girl, Brooke. Okay, B, so there is a ton that I know we want to talk about today, but I want to give you the floor to tell us if there's anything right off the bat from the jump that you want to address before we dive into everything breakups, your history, all of that stuff. Totally. There were like a few things that I wanted to start off with mentioning um, because breakups suck. Like there is no like happy way to do it. And for whoever's going through it, whether you're the dumpy or the dumper, like it, um, I'm just really sorry that you're going through this. Heartbreak is not easy and it, it hurts and breakups happen for so many different reasons. Sometimes people outgrow each other. Um, sometimes one person doesn't want to be with the other person. The other person is absolutely shocked. And I also just wanted to say that the experience that I share today is really my side of the experience. And it may look different for the person who broke up with me. And it may it may look different than like the a third party, like an outsider who's looking in. They may say, that's not what happened. But what I tell you today is truly what happened for me and what continues to happen um, in my life post-breakup. And I feel like you have such great firsthand experience from what you went through because before it happened, and you'll take us through everything, but pre it and post, you've gone through a huge transformation and a lot of realizations as a lot of us do when we're going through breakups from, oh my God, my life is over. I didn't see this coming or wow. Okay. This is really slapped me across the face too. Maybe this is for the better, but I don't know if I really believe that yet too. Oh wait, I'm actually seeing that this is for the better and you kind of get your footing. So before we get into all that, take us through what happened to you, your personal experience. Walk us through that story. So my, um, I was in a relationship for six years. So we were together for both of our early twenties. We went through all of those huge transitions that you go through in your early 20s. So we graduated from undergrad and we both got master's degrees. We moved across the country and back together. Um, We got our first apartment together. We had a pet together. We started our, we went through a lot of transitions together. Um, And I always imagined that we'd go through these transitions together and then we'd have our lives together. So in 2020, I got my first real career job. He was settled in his career and I was like, hey, this is finally it. We have stability. We have a future. Um, Let's let's get started. And at the time, we weren't living together um, because I got a job in a different city and he was working downtown Toronto. Um, And... It was just easier for me to be living at home during that time with my parents, Um, but I was getting to a space where I was ready to move back in with him, was super excited about that possibility, was kind of even excited about living in Toronto with him. Um, So we were looking into getting an apartment together, but all of a sudden the um, rug was kind of pulled out from under me. And he decided that he didn't want to live with me. He wasn't excited in the way that I was. Um, And instead of moving in together again, we broke up. 
um, or he broke up with me. So um, the experience that I had like right away was absolute shock um, and confusion. I was so, this was kind of sad, but I was so convinced that he was going to realize he made a mistake that, and he was going to show up at my mom's house to get me back that I like got dressed and did my makeup the next day. I was like, oh, he's going to show up. And and like, I didn't tell anybody because I was like, well, I don't want to make a big deal out of nothing because obviously we're going to spend our lives together. Um, and I am happy to report now that that didn't happen. Once he didn't come back and say he made a mistake, I kind of owned up to it, I guess, and told my friends and talked to my friends about it. And the whole main background of the breakup, I think, of it happening was moving. I wanted to move out of my parents' house. So as a result of the breakup, that didn't change that I wanted to be back on my own. And I ended up Um, getting an apartment with my best friend less than a month later. So that is kind of an impact, a a fantastic effect of the, of the breakup. What is it about? I actually, I'm wondering what you think about this because hearing you, you say that, do you think it's a defense mechanism that we are literally delusional right when the breakup is happening? I feel like it's a defense mechanism to make us not deal with, we're like, no, this isn't even happening. I'm not going to go there. I think so. Like it's, it's denial for sure. Um, And our bodies and our minds are just like, there is no way that this is the truth. Like I think even for him and for me, like we both had to talk to other people about it to truly believe it was happening. Um, So for sure, some kind of defense. (laughs) Some kind of defense mechanism. Okay. You looking back as you now, right, with with this distance from the breakup to now, right, this didn't happen yesterday, like this is a long time ago. Do you see any red flags or any signs now that you're looking back, even though in the moment you were like, what? Oh my God, where is this coming from? Like, no, 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 this is coming out of nowhere. Looking back, are you Are there some things that you can point out where you're like, ooh, these were signs that I just didn't see? before the breakup happened? I keep laughing as you're asking this question because there were so many. (laughs) Um, Okay, tell us those. Tell us those for the girl who's like, can't see the signs. (laughs) And I also just want to acknowledge like the girl who can't see the signs or the boy or the person. Um, I didn't see them in the relationship and my friends did. and And it's not like, oh, her friends should have told her. They told me I did not hear them. I actually looked back and realized I spent um, time, a significant amount of time, defending my relationship to my closest friends um, while I was in it, which now that I look back, I'm like, oh, but I was like, they don't get it. They're not in it. Like, they don't know him. They don't know me. Of course, your friends know you. Um, I always thought he knew me the best, but um, he had his best interest above mine, um, I think. And as he should, as I should always have my best interest above anyone else's. Like I totally believe in that. Um, I just didn't realize how much I had sacrificed of myself and my own future. So, okay. So going back to the red flags that I totally missed or, um, put on the rose colored glasses and saw them as green, Um, But in preparation for this podcast, I went back and looked at my journals. So something that I did, and we'll talk about how to get through it, was journaling, writing down what happened. 
the first day that I wrote down what happened, I was like, he, this is a mistake. He's going to realize this is a mistake. We've been so good. I wrote the words. We've been so solid lately. Um, and then a couple months later, I wrote a journal entry that said, um, I looked back at my old messages from my ex and he was distant in messages in July. We broke up August 2nd or August 3rd or something. And in July, I realized he was being distant from me. Um, there were songs that I thought were significant. Like I thought we're, we were going to play at our wedding at our first dance. And when they came on, he had no reaction. And I was like, this is going to be our song. Like, why are you not like coming to dance with me right now? <laughs> um, he, he, he didn't really fight for me to come. He, for example, he went on a what he called a boys trip to Portugal, but um, his friend and his friend's girlfriend went on the trip. <laughs> um, but just I couldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Blaring red flag. <laughs> so I, why doesn't he want you there? <laughs> like, and just the fact of like living apart and stuff, and and all of those things. There were. Other smaller things, um, I felt like I often accommodated his needs, but mine weren't um, accommodated. Or he was really good at celebrating my successes, like really always acknowledged the good things. Um, but I just think there wasn't as much give and take from him as there was from me. Um, but yeah, some of those like harder examples of like going on a boys trip with another girlfriend, but not but not me. And like we'd been dating longer than the other couple. <laughs> but it just goes to show how much you can make excuses in the moment because you you almost don't want to see it. Like even back to that denial, you're you can only really see it in hindsight. Even if your friends are saying stuff, you really have to see it for yourself. You can't just blindly or sometimes you can't just blindly trust what a friend is saying if you don't really see to believe it or you don't at, at your core feel like it's true. And I feel like that's just such a an important point because I was even talking to another friend about this because I've been going through a breakup this past year as well. And you know that. I've, really I've told sorry. you about it. Oh, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. But this is like – it's a good timing of, of an episode because it's almost like we – Can get, I just – can you just back up? You yeah. said it's okay. It's not okay. It, it sucks. It okay, all sucks. It does suck. It sucks for, for me, both of you. the right thing. The feelings – suck but it is the right thing for yourself and like there are good and bad days and waves and stuff but like to have to go through any kind of emotional turmoil um is it part of the human existence but it's kind of a shitty part that like sometimes we want to avoid so I just wanted to say that like it is okay but also it's okay when it's not okay yeah it sucks it sucks and I've had so many horrible moments and days and big mama ugly cries and that's okay. <laughs> like what I what I'm saying is like it's okay because it was what I needed to do I feel like it's what's best for both of us even though you know there was a lot of back and forth especially at the beginning but it's also something that will take time to realize sometimes was the right thing and I was talking to a friend of mine about this how we spend so much time and effort trying to connect to ourselves and trying to to ask ourselves, okay, how do I feel about this and establish and understand our feelings and how how we're moving through something. But then sometimes when it comes to relationships, we're so quick to dismiss that gut feeling or that deeper knowing or that kind of 
maybe not so great feeling you have in the relationship and then you want to logically justify it as opposed to sitting with the feeling and thinking, what if I couldn't explain this feeling, but I just know that I have it and that's okay. I felt like for a really long time, I would mentally justify a lot of things, even though in in my, my heart or my gut, I would feel a certain way. So I just feel like you and I have a lot of compassion for somebody in that that place or even looking back saying, oh, I wish I saw it earlier. Why didn't I see those red flags? What the heck? But you you can't know what you didn't know, right? Exactly. Totally. I totally agree with that. And I feel um, I feel for anybody experiencing that and so much of me. So we broke up in 2020 and it's 2023 now. So I've had a ton of time to look back and think both sides of that argument. Like, I wish he had done it earlier so I could have moved on with my life. And then part of me being like, if he hadn't broken up with me at the exact moment that he did, I wouldn't have the exact apartment that I have now. And I wouldn't be living with my best friend for three years. And um, I truly think that my best friend is my actual soulmate, um, or at least one of them. And I feel really lucky that I get to live with her now. Now I've lived with her longer than I ever lived with him. Um, and I've lived with myself um, without having to consider another person and acknowledging how much I was doing that, how much I considered and planned my life around somebody else instead of around myself, my own wants, my own desires, my own joys. And um, that has been a huge learning for me post breakup is like who I am and what I like and what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. You're almost relearning how to put yourself first because you kind of lose that sometimes in a relationship. Yes. I I felt like I had a lot of independence in the relationship. I actually wrote down that I noticed what little effort he was putting in to make me happy. And all I wanted to do was to make him happy. So the biggest decision that I made like right after the breakup what and that I still continue to do today, which I'm like really proud of. And I think it's really important to um, acknowledge what you're proud of in yourself um, is putting the effort in that I used to put in to make him happy. I now put in to make myself happy. Like I almost like have those conversations with myself of like, what do you need right now? And then I answer it. Like, what is going to make me happy? Like, do I, does my body need a walk or quiet time or a good cry or a meal? Like <laughs> often people are always saying like, oh, I don't know what I feel like to eat. And now I'm just so firm on like, I will, I will dive deep and figure out what I feel like eating today. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. So take us through we now know what happened. We know how you were in the moment rocked. You're like, whoa, did not see this coming. How did you navigate the early days, like the very fresh days of the breakup? How were you feeling and how did you even start to move forward? What did that look like for you? Um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of things that I did right and also that I did wrong, but I also want to acknowledge that there's no right or wrong way to get through it. Um I wrote these down like two years ago. I, right after the breakup, I signed up for virtual therapy. It was during a pandemic. So I thought that was good. But I also signed up for an email list about how to get your ex back in 30 days. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I'd say like balance for sure. Balance, y'all. If you take this one thing away, it's balance. Um, Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's, I mean, I moved in with my best friend, um, made, but I made a pretty rash decision to move in in a very quick amount of time. She had been looking at apartments with her other friend for a year and I found an apartment in seven days and said, this is the one we're going to live here. Um, <laughs> it worked. So she was a little bit shocked. It worked. Thank goodness. I also got my ex to help me move into the apartment. Maybe not the best idea. <laughs> but you know what? You're on your own path. But he, on your own path. I was on my own path. He was a mover. Um, <laughs> we had moved several times together. I just knew that he, we both knew what we were doing. Um, but I mean, maybe like there's good and bad. Um, but there were a lot of a lot of good things. I did. Um, okay, let me. I journaled a lot. I wrote a lot. I wrote letters to myself. I wrote letters to him that I would never send. I wrote letters to future me, to past me. I wrote lists of, someone actually gave me pretty good advice to write down everything you don't like about him. Um, so I wrote that down. Um, if you're not a writer, I would say even just thinking about that. Um, well, tell us about actually about that letter. Cause I've heard that before too. I have never done the letter before writing it to the person, for example, but never sending it. What do you feel like that did, did for you? Or why did you like that exercise? To me, I often feel like I have a lot of things bouncing around in my head. Um, and it's hard to make them feel concrete if I don't get it down on paper or like do something about it. But it had not worked in my favor to send him messages about everything I wanted to say to him. Um, and it had not worked in my favor to write notes on my phone. Um, I had tried that, like texts that I want to send my ex um, and things I wanted to tell him. So both of those things kind of just resulted in me staring at my phone, going to old messages, going to... Um, Instagram or really not sitting and reflecting on my own. So I think that's why I really liked the concept of like paper and pen um, in a journal or on a, in a notebook, fold it up and put it in wherever, throw it in the garbage, flush it down the toilet. But um, I really liked the experience of getting pen to paper because I got to actually just sit alone with my thoughts versus being on the internet or being on my phone screen. So that's what that exercise did for me. And it just let me get out the feelings that there are so many feelings when you're going through a breakup. There's sadness, happiness, excitement about the future that you get to that you get to have now. Grief about the future that will no longer exist anymore. <laughs> um, and and everything in between. Um fear about what your life looks like now, fear about just waking up the next day and, and feeling sad again, um, all of those things. So, so writing it down just helped me for some reason. There may be some, some psychological study on the benefits of writing things down, but I don't know that one. But just emotionally, you felt like you were clearing some stuff through that you weren't necessarily doing just on your phone. Like it was very therapeutic and cathartic for you to write it down, knowing that he would never read it. But knowing that you could, you almost still got those thoughts out of your brain. They're on paper, and then it almost gave you permission to move on from those thoughts. Yeah, I think when I was writing it, it wasn't in my head that he would never read it. It's not in my head that he's never going to see it. It's in my head that like 
it I'm getting it out of me. I don't I don't care about him. Nothing about this breakup is about him, you know? Like I think that's a huge message to take home when you're recovering from a breakup is it's all about you. It's not about the other person. It's not about sending him or not sending him the letter. It's about you getting it out of your body, out of your brain, out of your fingertips and you feeling good for you, not for somebody else. Like you're not writing that for him. I also feel like what you said before, you almost like listed off all of these feelings that you felt that I can already feel in me, but I'm sure in someone who's very fresh or going through a breakup is like, oh, I can take a deep breath knowing that I'm not crazy for thinking all these things, for feeling grief of the life that whether you were the dumper or the dumpy, right? Like we were saying, all of these feelings are valid. For example, for me, it was more my doing, but yet I'm still grieving the life that I wanted with him. And it's totally normal to feel whatever you're feeling. And I think it's it's really beautiful that you kind of listed all those off because sometimes what feels so lonely and so dark about a breakup too is you you just you're like, is this even normal? When am I going to get over this? Why am I feeling this way? You're being very self-critical. So I just love that you you voice those feelings and you almost gave us all permission to feel those and that it's totally fine and you're not broken. And it's not that you made a bad mistake or something's wrong. It's completely normal. And it's actually good that you're feeling these feelings because that means you're being honest with yourself about what you're going through. I'm really glad you said that. Exactly. Um, it You can feel everything. And 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 feel it like don't try to push it down because then you won't process it I guess and I I went through both it's been three years now so I I speak about this from a very trial and error lens um I don't think there's a right thing to do but I do think finding a way that works for you to feel things is a huge part of feeling better. So, um, if I can keep building on this, um, I, when I was, um, going through the breakup, there was a period of time where I just like stopped eating and exercising and moving and was crying every five seconds and everything. And obviously that is how it is when you are going through the breakup that is that when you're in it, you're, that is fine. Do that. Um, try to shut it down, watch a scary movie, watch whatever, sleep all day because you just have to get through that experience. But a few weeks later, I started to feel better when my body was moving. I, and not in the healthiest way, like sometimes I felt like all I could feel was sad. Like there was no other feeling but sad. So I would run until my legs ached and my my lungs couldn't breathe. Like I would just run until I felt something other than sad. And I could feel it physically in my body as opposed to in my brain. Um, and that was something that helped me just acknowledge other feelings exist. And I think once I got to the experience that other feelings exist, I found other ways to feel them. Like I dance party, like to listen to music and listen to a sad Taylor Swift song and then listen to Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. Like, um, And something that I actually did too to feel things other than feeling them physically, like the exercise thing, 
was um, visualizing emotions. So sometimes you're like, I have this feeling, but like, you're not sure where in your body you feel it. So I would set a timer for five minutes um, and just visualize the emotion in my body and then moving through, like coming in my head down and then out my fingertips and out my toes. And um, because I could almost like see like whether it was anger, sadness, stress, because I gave myself that like five minutes to feel it and release it. I felt that I gave it the feeling, the time that it deserved, and I could move on and focus with the rest of my day. Right, right. And you're actually touching on something that we I just talked about with Julia in, our, in one of our last episodes because she she had a, a very different story. It wasn't about a breakup, but her dad had early onset Alzheimer's, unfortunately ended up passing away. But we talked a lot about going into the discomfort and having the courage to do so, but also knowing that you're just going to like dip your toes in. It doesn't mean you have to spend your entire day in the discomfort, but maybe you set, like you said, two to five minute timer just to show yourself that it's okay to feel that difficult emotion. And it's almost like you're building up that confidence that in the, and that courage that you can move through this and you can feel it because so quickly we want to run away. Like you said, we either want to feel something different that maybe isn't the best for us or we're, we're hurting ourselves in, in a different kind of way or we're still kind of pushing it aside. But exactly what you said, setting that boundary of, okay, I'm going to try this. I don't have to necessarily live here, but let me just try it on for size. Exactly. Like just a few minutes. Um, and it, and then it doesn't have to take up your whole day. Whereas if you're pushing it down, it's just kind of simmering beneath the surface the whole day. And then, well, for me, I would get cranky or be upset or be like right on the edge. So if I spilled my coffee, which happens almost every day, I would just start crying. But like, I mean, I'm just a klutz. <laughs> so now I can, I can, like, let myself feel the sadness, and then when I spill my coffee, I just clean it up. Right. It doesn't have to ruin the whole day. So, post breakup, you're like, okay, I'm doing some good, some good things. I'm making some good moves. It actually ended up coming at a perfect time because you got to move in with your best friend. Divine timing, call it what you will. But I don't know. That seems like a pretty good coincidence to me. But at the same time, it's not like you're going to pretend that you did everything perfectly and that you never made a mistake or you never thought about getting back together with him or tried to weasel your way back in his life or whatever it was. But was there a, a turning point for you, advice from someone, a therapy session, anything or just something you realized on your own where you had that moment or that epiphany or insert term there of, okay, wow, I really need to get a grip on this and and start moving my life forward and start to believe that I can find somebody else or I actually was not the right fit for this person. They weren't the right fit for me. Like, How did you kind of change from swaying back and forth to on that straight path of really just focusing on you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I didn't realize until right now that that actually happened for me, but it I can point to the exact day. Um, <laughs> it was in November and I thought that we were getting back together and he had introduced another girl to our cat and I <laughs> lost it. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I need to not have contact with this person. I've been hearing about this whole no contact thing that, and I've tried and failed at it multiple times. Um, and finally in November, I committed to no contact with him, no Instagram, 
no following, no emailing or however people are getting in contact, blocked his phone number, um, asked him to block mine um, so that if I tried to text him, it wouldn't go through um, and did not speak to him for five months. And at first, like very hard, Christmas was a very hard time, um, but very important for me to realize that I'm not his person anymore um, and he's not mine. So I need to be my own person and I have a lot of other great people um, who I could talk to and that no contact was the best thing I could have done. Um, it really allowed me to stop imagining my life with him um, and imagine my life on my own or with someone new. Um, I met some really amazing people during that time. I, I, I've met them since then and before then, and it allowed me to see that I can have feelings for somebody again. Um, and that was huge because I wrote like, I'll never love again. I'll never feel again. Um, and I have had feelings for several people since then, like big, strong feelings, exciting ones. Um, and I don't think that if my ex was in my, um, in my phone, lived in my phone or wherever, um, that I ever would have known that. I mean, who knows, but that no contact period was instrumental in my mental health and my recovery. So your team, no contact. You're like, if you can build the courage, no contact. No, none, none. Okay. And honestly, um, I don't like, we did have a bit of a friendship after, um, so I don't regret breaking the no contact and having contact again, but I would just recommend like have your life without each other, be civil, but, but maybe friendship is not the, not the route to go. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so such an interesting concept because again, <clears throat> even back to what we were saying before about you're trying to weasel your way into a situation that hurts less and it's almost like staying, and I'm speaking from personal experience, staying in each other's lives in a friendship way is like, ooh, this is a way I can have my cake and eat it too, right? Like we can be broken up, but you can also be kind of together. And something that I think, I don't know if it was my siblings or my friends, but someone was speaking to me and they were, they were like, how can you go from being in love with someone and being in a relationship with them to instantly being friends? That means you are dissolving and doing a disservice to the entire relationship. You can't pretend that someone that you are in love with or were in love with recently or even still are, you can just jump to being friends with them like it's no big deal. And that really, that did really, really strike me. And with time, I saw that that was true, right? Obviously, I had to experience it on my own timeline and, and all of that, and that's okay. Sometimes you have to be like, yeah, yeah, I hear you, and then go do your own thing, all just to come back full circle. But it is just a really interesting thought to think, okay, what if I did no contact, right? Even if, if this person is fresh or it's a little bit more of a recent breakup, could you try it? Could you put some boundaries in place so that you're saying, okay, you don't contact me. I'm not going to contact you unless it is a genuine emergency. I just need to see what my life is like without you. I need some some space to move forward. And I think if that person, of course, is is a healthy person to talk to, I'm sure they would support you in that, right? I'm sure they want you to move on just as much as they do. So knowing what you know now, 
right? You've had a lot of time since this breakup. I've seen you go through it firsthand, hence why you're on the podcast right now, because I admire the way you've handled it so much. I love the way that you acknowledge where you're like, yeah, email list on how to get my ex back. But also I know that you you really, really took some significant strides forward and reinvented a life that you're really happy with. So if we're thinking about the person who's fresh in the breakup, what would you want to teach them or what would you want to tell them from your personal experience of, okay, this is how you move forward. This is how you get over the person and you learn how to feel good about yourself again. There's no how to, but I have some tips. (laughs) So you're going to go your own way. So like exactly like you just said, like, I mean, it's been a journey. Um, But it does. I want to tell that person who's in it that it comes in waves, but you will feel happy. And the first thing that I want to say is like, when you are laughing or when you feel happy again, like acknowledge it. Just like if you watch a funny thing on Netflix and it makes you crack a tiny smile, just be like, oh, I just smiled. Okay. Like moving on. Like the same thing that you do in meditation, like when you have a thought. Um. So acknowledging when you feel happy and if you do that, you will actually notice that the happy periods get bigger and the sad periods get shorter. Um, And sometimes it's just a roller coaster, but over time it will happen. Um, And then there are some actual tools where if you don't want to just like sit with your feelings and reflect... (laughs) Um, and you are more of an action-oriented person like you and me, um, some actual things that I did every day um, during the hardest days and um, the early days were, and these are not like going for a walk because going for a walk is always a good idea. If you ever think maybe I should go for a walk and maybe not, yes, go for a walk. Every single morning I wrote down two things I was looking forward to that day. And that would help me get out of bed and say like, okay, even if um, it's just my coffee, like my coffee to me is really important. So just a reason for you to get out of your bed that day. And it will force you to think about a reason to get out of bed that day, like petting a pet, calling a friend. Um, If you put your phone on your like desk away from your bed, like that's a reason to get out of bed because you have to go grab it. And then at the end of the day, writing down five things that you're grateful for. Um, and they can be big or small. And this is a huge trend. It's not even a trend. This is proven in science that if you practice gratitude, you are happier. Um, and what I did was I meshed that with um, connecting with my friends. And this was during the pandemic. It was kind of hard to connect with people. So my friend who lives a bit further away, we every single day sent each other five things that we were grateful for that day. Um, It made me feel closer to her um, and it made me feel closer to myself. It made me look look around throughout the day to find things to send her, especially on a hard day. I was like, shit, what am I going to put on my list? And like often it was my cat, my bed, um, working from home. (laughs) But Um, sometimes it was like, oh, I saw like the first Robin of the spring. Like that's a big, I, I wouldn't have noticed that if I wasn't looking for it. Um, but it really affected my day that day. So that's an actual concrete, those are concrete things that you can do even no matter like how deep in the depths of the breakup you are. 
Um, and if you can't think of five things you're grateful for, if you have your friend um, sending them to you, then you can just like take hers. <laughs> Or just, or you can say like, she's going to send them to you anyway. You can be like, I'm having a really hard time today. And maybe you want to talk about it. And maybe you're so sick of hearing yourself tell this story over and over again that you just want to ask her about her day. Um, and then you get out of your own head. So those were the things that I thought were like concrete. Um, oh, and the other thing was, I used to think that my ex was the only person who cared about the exciting things that I did like at work or throughout my day. So I would do like a really great um, Excel spreadsheet or PowerPoint or coding. And I'd be like, oh, I really want to tell him this. But I started telling my friends and my roommate, who's my best friend, like she almost hypes me up more than he did. Like she is so excited to see my PowerPoints and she doesn't think she could do it better than me. And <laughs> she loves to hear about my accomplishments at work. And I love to hear about hers, like um, or at work or in life or whatever it is. So um, when you feel like you want to tell your ex something, even if it's an inside joke with him, um, I would just text your friend and just say it. And then if your friend is expecting you to text them when you feel like texting your ex, they'll be like, ha ha ha, or no way. Or I'd love to hear more about like this inside joke. And maybe you get to kind of, kind of vent a little bit and feel what you want to feel and talk about it. So those are just, while you're in it, just some real things that you can do physically to get through it. And it also sounds like you're, you can't overstate the importance of having friends and having a support system going through it, like talking about it. If you feel like you need to talk about it or just being in someone's company, even if you don't want to talk about it, but you don't want to be alone, like making sure that you know when to ask for support and help and to take it as people are, you know, reaching out that olive branch, because there is also this kind of concept that the opposite is the medicine, right? So many times when we're feeling low, we just want to be alone. Even though that's not really what's going to make us feel better, sometimes it is, but sometimes you're just moping and dwelling and and you're making things harder. Whereas the medicine for you in that time may be to go out with a friend or call a friend and hear about only her day and hear about all the exciting things that's going on in her life or vent and cry about why you're sad that day and just have her support you. So I feel like you're touching on a really important part of making sure you're leaning on the people who love you, who are around you, your friends, your family, those who want to support you. You have to give them the opportunity to be able to support you and ask for what you need. If it's an accountability person that's like, make sure we're texting each other every day about something positive in my day or else I'm going to be depressed that's great. That's great. Like lean on her in that way. And how else would you say the support system is important in moving through a breakup? Yeah, I think the support system has been huge because like I tried to, a lot of the way that my day to day was affected was like the conversations that I would have with him. Now, was I just not supposed to talk to anybody? And I, I do have a lot of really amazing friends and people in my life. Um, which I'm super lucky to have. And I know not everybody has that. Um, but there are also, it was during a pandemic. It wasn't easy to go out and be with people. I couldn't go drink my sorrows away at the bar. Um, that was illegal. <laughs> so I did have to kind of feel it, but I am an introvert. So I don't want it to come across that like, if you're an introvert, then the social connections aren't important. They still are. Um, and if you don't have that many social connections or they're not reliable. Like some friends, like friends aren't that great during a breakup. Um, 
but there are tons of like virtual communities of practice or um, like Vanessa, I know you offer like online programs for just people who are focusing on fertility or well-being and joining in to hear conversations of other women. So even listening to podcasts and stuff, if you don't have a specific best friend that you can go to, just hearing other people talk about it or going on Reddit and going on to the breakup thread, like seeing that you're not alone in it can be helpful. Um, But also being aware of who you're surrounding yourself with because during a breakup, you may not want to be around the people who just got engaged and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you don't love them. That doesn't mean that you aren't going to be there for them, but it might mean that maybe you want to spend a little more time with your single friends and see how they're living instead of dwelling on what you feel like you might be missing out on um, if you're hanging out with all your married friends or engaged friends. And if somebody just had a wedding and they're posting all their wedding photos on Instagram, it's okay to mute those people. Like, protect yourself. You are your own best friend. Like, as I said at the beginning, like, you worked your ass off to make him happy. What's going to make you happy? And do that without guilt. Like, just because you can't handle it right now and it hurts to see doesn't mean that you don't love those people or you're not happy for them, but it's hard to feel happy for someone when you feel like so alone in your grief. So we've got a couple tangible things that's like, okay, making sure you're giving yourself a reason to get out of bed in the morning, make sure even within the depths of your despair, you're still looking for a few things that are positive in your day because they are there. You have to, you might, sometimes, some days you really got to search to find them, but they are there. And then it's, that's also helping you program your brain to look for more positive things, to go out of your way, to find more positive things. And it's not that we're pretending to just be positive, but it's just, you're going to, you're introducing some of that balance of, okay, you're not just going to sit and wallow in your depression all day. And then just look at photos of you guys together and cry and eat ice cream and just make it harder than it needs to be. You're going to honor your sadness, cry, move it through, do whatever you need to do, talk about it, but also say, I'm not going to let this get in the way of me remembering that life is still amazing. I've got this beautiful life. I'm here on this earth. There are a zillion people for me. I may not feel that just yet, but I'll get there. So we've got the gratefuls at the end of the day. Love that. Two days you're looking for, or two things you're looking forward to in your day. Beautiful. Love the support system, talking all of your friends' ears off and your siblings and your parents, whoever you can connect with. Or you're exactly right, putting yourself out there into free communities or communities where you kind of, they're the kind of people you want to be around if you're noticing that your current support system isn't really supporting you all that much you're going to try to maybe find some other people that are going through something similar and support each other. What else would you say you have on that list of things you would love to tell someone or the previous you of how to move through a breakup and start to feel better? Podcasts, I think. Kind of when I first started listening to them on my walks, I was just desperate. I felt like I had hit rock bottom, so I was doing anything to improve myself. Um, But that doesn't mean that you need to hit rock bottom to improve yourself. Uh, You can improve yourself always. Um, But it was a huge motivator for me to feel like I have totally lost myself. I don't know who I am. There were a few podcasts, especially um, podcasts hosted by like single thriving women were important to me. So Girls Gotta Eat was a big one. Um, They talk about all kinds of stuff, but a lot of dating and relationship stuff. Um, the Breakup Bestie, I don't 
know if she's still releasing podcasts, but um, that was like a very big deal to hear just like some practical tips. Um, obviously, you've heard the ones that I've took and put into action. Brene Brown has two really good podcasts. I think she stopped releasing them, but there's just really good content about mental health and well-being. Glennon Doyle has a podcast called We Can Do Hard Things, um, which I am addicted to right now. And her book Untamed also helped me a lot during the breakup. It's She had talked about like easy buttons and, and um, that you rely on and what you can do instead. So some things that I do when I'm feeling sad or are shopping or wallowing or shutting down completely. So I try to notice when I'm doing those things and I go have a glass of water, I go for a walk, I call a friend, just doing those like opposite things to counteract some of the more negative behaviors that would impact me long-term. Like it's okay to sit in your room and cry for a little bit, but if I notice I'm doing that every single day, maybe I need to cry on a walk. And then if I'm crying on a walk, am I really going to cry while I'm walking the whole time? Like probably not like putting my phone away, disconnecting sometimes is what I need um, or what I needed. What advice do you have to younger you, aka the person going through that breakup who's maybe thinking, wow, I'm not seeing the silver lining in this at all. I feel like the rug was pulled out from under me. I'm really struggling. I'm spiraling. I wake up and I'm just sad and there's a cloud over my life 24-7. What advice do you have for that person? Moving forward, if that's how you're feeling right in that moment, like that's okay. And just, just let yourself feel that way for a few days. Like don't try to rush this. Like, because if you rush it, then you're going to kind of crash later. I was really lucky that I got to feel it for a few days and I had, I was working um, from home and I could turn my camera off on zoom meetings and just start crying sporadically. Once you've felt that my advice would be Surround yourself with people like virtually or in person or um, whatever you can do who respect your process. So sometimes people might jump to talking shit about your ex, but you're not there yet. Like that's not going to be helpful for you. Sometimes people want to say like, oh, well, you get to move on and and you're going to find love again, but you're not there yet. And just be aware that people are going to say all kinds of stuff to try to make you feel better and it's okay if it doesn't work. I think the key for me to feeling better was acknowledging when I felt okay and then seeing those periods get bigger and bigger because everybody has has an answer for everything um, but people don't know. Nobody knows that relationship like you do. Um, people can have their judgments and they will but what they're judging is not the truth. Your experience is true and real and those memories that you have that are good are not going anywhere. Um, so it's okay to remember them and feel happy about them and feel sad about them that like maybe you're not going to make new ones, but you will make new memories in your life and there will be happy ones when you're ready for them. It's all coming down the pipeline, right? Like eventually you will. We're not going to paint a uh, a rose-colored glasses picture that like tomorrow everything's going to be fine. But eventually you will get back on your feet. You will recover. You will start to see hopefully that this was for the better. Was there somehow that you trusted that thought and actually made that a reality? Like how did you actually eventually believe wholeheartedly that you've got this, this is for the better and you can move forward? 
It sounds really bad, but I think that the things that made me realize that this was for the better were listing out the bad things about the relationship and about him. So I had to I had to see what wasn't good. Like I cuz I could spend so much time reflecting on what was. I have so many amazing memories with him um that I wouldn't give away for the world. And so when I focus on those, even still I'm just like, "Oh, well maybe could we have been together for the rest of our lives?" Uh, it's what I thought we would do. But looking on it now, I can see that's not what I value. Like, I, I don't want to be trying to make someone else happy. I want to be making me happy. I want to be making decisions for my life, not based on someone else's preferences, um, which is a great thing to do when you're in a relationship. But it's a real blessing that I get to do those things for myself for the first time in my adult life um, that I didn't get to do before because a lot of people just fall in love when they're 20 and get married and they don't actually experience making decisions for themselves. Um, I think realizing the negatives and acknowledging them and kind of refocusing on them, the, the negatives from the relationship and reframing my future in a positive light actually was like a huge deal. So I used to always say, like I'm grieving the future that we were going to have. And I did grieve the future that I thought I had with him, but I've reframed it a little bit to um, look forward to what I get to have now that he's not my partner. Um, so all the things that I get because he's not in my life and all the potential that I get to explore um, without him that I, not that he was holding me back, but I didn't even know that these were possibilities because I was so focused on having a life with him. So now I get to see like, oh my God, I could move wherever I want. I don't have to live in a city that I don't love living in. Um, I don't have to take a specific job because it's near his job or whatever it was. I don't like not get to have a dog because he doesn't want a dog. Like now I have a dog and a cat <laughs> and my own bathroom. I don't have to share a bathroom with a boy anymore. And so I would say that that is the biggest silver lining. <laughs> yes. Honestly, that's number one. Break up with your boyfriend so you have your own bathroom. Everybody. Yes. 10 out of 10. Slow clap. Slow clap. And I actually really like what you're saying about that too because giving yourself space to acknowledge things that you didn't like, you, you also have space to think about, okay, where was I compromising? Now moving forward that I get to choose an entirely different partner what am I looking for? What are qualities that I've learned that I love and I need and I want? But what are things that maybe I want to try on for size and figure out if I like it or if I hate it? And it's it's just such a beautiful reframe saying, okay, yes, you thinking about all the positive, of course, but sometimes we really torture ourselves with just pretending it was 100% amazing and perfect when it's it probably wasn't. It probably was not Nothing somewhere is. in there. Exactly. So taking some time to think, okay, what are qualities I genuinely didn't like if there were any or where were we not a good fit, right? Where are there qualities maybe that I need in somebody else or I want to see if I need in somebody else? You almost want to reframe it as, as that kind of opportunity to move forward. Of course, whenever you see fit, you don't have to pretend you're not sad, but it just offers a different perspective as opposed to you thinking, I just lost the best person in the world and I'm never going to find anything better. Yeah. So, um, and I actually did that almost like the reverse way was how I started realizing. So I heard on Breakup Bestie, I think she was like, oh, um, make a list of what you're looking for in a future partner. So I just made a list of like what I want in a future partner. And then I thought back to my ex and I was like, wait, like you only have like three of these 10 qualities. 
So if I had made a list of what I wanted while we were dating, would I have come to the conclusion that you're not the person that I want? Or would I have continued to try to change you and morph you into the person that I want? Because that's also not how I want to spend my life. <laughs> like That's exhausting. And I feel like that's also a great question that someone could journal on too, right? Is are there any areas where I felt like I was compromising who I am or who I want to be or things that I enjoy to fit the other person? Even it's not even that you have to paint it in a bad light, even it's just a question for exploration, right? Because at this point, there's a lot of exploration to be done. And we want to not do the exploration. We just want to, there's a part of us that does just want to be sad and cry and honestly, like make ourselves feel worse for whatever reason. But getting moving that emotion through so that even you have a little bit to play with of exploration, of maybe thinking, okay, why was this maybe for the better? How am I going to make meaning out of this? Or how am I going to make sure that it was for the better? And I'm going to find this person or whatever it is. It's really beautiful that you're kind of giving us little thoughts and and things that we can meditate on or journal about. I think that will bring a lot of things to light where you can see it for what it actually was, not the rose-colored glasses version. Yeah, I'm really glad that that's helpful. And the other thing that I guess I just wanted to add on was um, the exploration doesn't stop. Um, which I kind of thought it would um, as I was recovering. Uh, so I, I tried a lot of new things and I'm happy to say that I'm still trying new things to this day. Yeah, I just wanted that message that like the exploration, I'd feel like I didn't do a ton of that in my relationship and some people do and they're really good at that. But part of being a single woman who's like self-sufficient and not being accountable to somebody else means that I get to continue to explore my own interests. And you can see that as a beautiful thing, moving through a breakup and beyond, right? Hopefully you never lose that kind of spirit. And I feel like now in a relationship, you'll know, and I don't think you would go back to someone who was, isn't learning and exploring. You're now taking that wisdom and so much that you've built and saying, okay, now I'm going to find a partner who loves that I have a beginner's mind and I like to try things and get obsessed with them and then totally quit or leave it. Or sometimes I get obsessed with something and I stick with it forever. But that's something that, again, you've learned about yourself throughout this entire process. So I'm curious. I just want to open it up to you. Is there anything, any message or any topic or anything that you want to touch on that we haven't already? Yeah. I think for that person who's kind of in it and having a hard time right now, um, there are a lot of things that you can do to focus on reflecting on the relationship. But if you make space to focus on other things like light brightening someone else's day, doing things that make you feel good, I learned that the more that I, you know, once I reflected and everything, the more that I focused on other things that were not him, that were not the breakup, and even were not like my own like self-improvement, but were just other things like a book or a, or work or whatever it was, the space in in my brain that was taken up by him and the sadness of the relationship ending and what that relationship could have been and all of those what ifs and all of those feelings, that space in my brain got smaller the more that I expanded my other interests and my other things that I was doing. So that's just something that I wanted to share if you're really having a hard time not letting it go. The more that you're doing, the less space there will be for that to come up. So it doesn't always have to be like an active process of you trying to forget it but more just a process of adding additional things into your life. Making sure that you're focusing on a few other things so that you're still processing what happened, but then it's not just you in your bed every single day. You're, like you said, trying sports, trying a hobby, hanging out with some friends. We're not 
leaving no space for it. But again, you're not just completely marinating in the breakup and not doing anything else. Yes, <laughs> marinating. And the other thing is like, if you can, whenever you feel almost ready, kiss somebody new. So I had the opportunity to kiss somebody new three weeks after the breakup. And it. I think I kissed him and then ran away and cried <laughs> to be completely transparent. But for that ex to not be the last person that I kissed and to realize that they're, they're, he won't always be the last person that I kissed. Like I think that, that doing that pretty quickly after the breakup was healing for me in a way. Um, I don't know that it would be healing for everybody, but if you can, if it happens and you can reflect on it in a positive way, um, definitely do that. If you're feeling the need to explore, explore. It's not everyone's explore. path, like you said. Yeah. But if that's what you're, you're feeling, you go do it, girl. Like your life is your own. You got to do what you got to do to move yes. forward. And maybe you'll realize it's not what you need and that's okay, but at least you tried. But I know I feel very seen in this episode. I already feel a lot of relief because I'm definitely more in the trenches than you are because you are me three years later, two years later or whatever. But I know that this was very cathartic and very helpful for me to share a little bit, but also hear a lot of the process you went through. I find it's just so helpful to see ourselves in someone who has gone through what we are going through or have been through a little bit more recently. It's always just nice to have a little bit of a guide and someone just say, it's okay. I like You're not alone. That's essentially the underpinning of the whole podcast in general, but especially this episode. And I feel like there's a lot of tangible steps where someone's like, okay, I don't necessarily feel like doing mental gymnastics, but I can do these couple things. And then there are also things that are more philosophical. They're more exploration-based. They're more take what you can, leave what you don't, or take what you want, leave what you don't. And I feel like having that duality is really, really helpful. So I want to say thank you for being so vulnerable and for sharing your own experience. I know that's not easy to share what you've been through and the things you did well and the things maybe you would do differently, but you've helped me. You're helping so many people listening, especially going through the breakup, feel seen, feel heard, and have a little bit of direction. So thank you, B. I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Root and Remedy podcast. If you like this episode and you find our information helpful, then it would mean the world to us if you would leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, or somewhere else, just click that rating and review button and leave five stars. That allows us to continue to bring you great guests, free information in the women's health field, and get this podcast out to more people who need it. And of course, if you want to explore any of our courses, our one-on-one -on -one services, or any other resources, Resources we have, you can find everything at rootandremedywellness.com.